Deborah Copagan Cogan says that sexism makes you feel crazy for desiring parity and hopeless about ever achieving it, whilst Mary Beard says that the best response to sexism is laughter and ridicule. The birds are up and about, and the sun is up and doing, so why aren't you up? There's sunshine for breakfast. Train your wife, I've always said, to bring your breakfast to your bed. Cornflakes, sugar, and oi, the milk, please. A man's awake and a man's well fed if he starts his day with Kellogg's. On this episode of the History of Advertising podcast, we have trawled through the archive to present you with the highlights, or perhaps lowlights, of the many, many examples of sexist ads from Britain's past. Take, for example, this corker from 1961. Hello, darling. Had a nice day. Oh, lovely. Just lovely. What's for supper? The remains of yesterday's joint. Oh. What's the matter? Well, nothing, nothing at all. You've gone home in a charming mood. Come on, what's the matter? Cold meat. Now look, I come home from the office and I'm cold and I'm wet and I'm tired and I'm thoroughly miserable and all you can offer me is cold... Done it again, haven't you? Cold meat can sound a bit unexciting on a chilly day, but mince it for a shepherd's pie and add savoury oxo stock. The nine ingredients in OXO make the meat juicy and full-flavoured, and OXO gives a meal man appeal. And from 1970, we have an ad where a woman is literally referred to and kept as a caged, chocolate-eating pet. I have a rather unusual pet. She's fastidious. And this is her favourite food, Cadbury's Contrast. It's as if she could tell just by looking at the slim, elegant box and the rich, dark, velvety chocolates inside that Cadbury's Contrast are truly superb chocolates. She's very clever, my pet. Pamper your pet with Cadbury's contrast. Unfortunately, we needn't look that far back in history to find sexist ads. In fact, the problem has become so prevalent that Britain's Advertising Standards Authority, the ASA, recently introduced a ban on gender stereotypes in ads. Here, ASA CEO Guy Parker tells us why they decided to do this. When it comes to gender stereotyping, uh, we've tightened up in the last few years on ads that we think um, present... um, gender roles and characteristics in a way that that could contribute to societal harm and I'm really proud of 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 that tightening up of course we've been attacked a little bit by socially conservative commentators who've cited us as the latest example of PC gone mad but um, had we not taken the decision to do that we'd have been judged um, by uh, by people on the other side of the argument who I think would have had better arguments that by not responding in the way we did, we were becoming a part of the problem. The rules were introduced following a series of widely hated ads in the UK, including a weight loss drink that was marketed with the tagline, Are you beach body ready? a Gucci campaign which used apparently unhealthily thin-looking models, and a baby formula commercial which showed a girl growing up to be a ballerina and a boy growing up to be a mathematician. Since the rules have been introduced, ads banned have included a Philadelphia cream ad which showed two fathers struggling with childcare, and a Volkswagen Golf ad that showed a woman sat next to a pram whilst men were shown as astronauts and para-athletes. There was also a recent ban for an ad which was viewed as being... Well, frankly, far too titillating. 
Online clothing brand Misguided aired a swimwear ad on ITV Hub during 2019's series of Love Island. Under a heavy beat, it showcased bikinis worn by a variety of models who were draped on motorcycles, sucking strawberries, and striking various other provocative poses. Misguided insisted that their sole aim was to promote a lifestyle showing confident young women. The ASA, however, didn't quite follow their reasoning. We didn't agree with the advertiser who, who said that they'd, they'd put together an ad that showed women um, presented in an empowered and, and confident way. <laughs> You know, we, we thought it was clearly overly sexualized and um, a bit titillating. And we thought it invited viewers to to see the women as sexual objects. So we banned it for that reason. And there's no question that that society has moved on in recent decades when it comes to the depiction of, of women. We asked Guy whether he thinks the ban has helped combat the issue of gender stereotyping. There are still issues with the portrayal of, uh, of women in in ads there probably always will be it's just that that we draw the line in a different place as society evolves normally in a progressive way it's all very well hearing about gender stereotyping from the ad censors perspective but what about from the creative viewpoint rosie arnold has been responsible for some of the most iconic ads in recent memory including campaigns for levi bailey's and yo valley Her first role in advertising was in the early 80s, when the working climate was very different. It was very madman. It was a very sexist world. Um, It was very much the boys go to the pub rather than go home to look after the kids. There were mainly men in the environment. Perhaps as a response to this, Rosie has always been a champion for more diverse workforces. I have absolutely fought to try and put more more diversity in everything we do. I, I really believe in role models I really believe in you know if you see it then it happens I've experienced that too you know I saw women in advertising so I felt okay about going into advertising Um, so it's something I passionately believe in Um, and you know something that I've really strived throughout my career to change Um, and I'm so thrilled that although a lot of people joke about it at the moment I'm so thrilled to see real diversity across everything and um, I feel that the pendulum has to swing you know, to the point that people are laughing about it before it then becomes the norm and then we just accept it and move on, you know. So I'm thrilled about that. Here, Rosie describes what it was like working on ads when she started out. At the time, there were massive stereotypes. So there was always a woman in the kitchen. She was always putting the food on the table. The man always drove the car. It was always white families. There was always a boy and a girl. You know, it was there were massive, great stereotypes. And truthfully... You know, when you've got a very short time length, stereotypes are very helpful because it just sets up the scene instantly. And it was a very interesting time because it was very sexist. I think if you if you look at the advertising, it was still an era when they had women in bikinis draped on car bonnets to sell cars. Um, and, you know, we didn't think about it at the time, but I was aware that, that I was given a brief for stockings. And, you know, you have to show that they're stockings because tights and stockings are different. And then that puts you in quite a sort of sexy role. And uh, stockings were very much seen as, you know, a kind of sexy item of underwear that's going to provoke men. And I kind of was like, well, I'm actually advertising these two women. And do I really want, do I really want to be sort of perpetuating that sort of image? The stocking brand that Rosie's talking about was Pretty Polly. 
The question is, how do you sell stockings without making them sexy? The brief had to include, it was the third of a campaign which had so smooth, nine out of ten cats preferred them. So that had to happen. So it had to be stockings, it had to have that line. And um, I, I remember this uh, thing that happened with me and my mum years before when the car had broken down, admittedly at night near a pig field. Um, mum had uh, fixed the car by repairing the fan belt with her stocking. So I was like, oh my God, that's brilliant. So I glammed it up. I set it in the south of France in the 1950s in this beautiful you know, sunlight. It's a woman on her own. The car breaks down. She's smart enough to know how to fix it. So she pulls the skirt up. You can see the stocking. It's not, you know, she looks great, but it's not a kind of male gaze. And she repairs the car. Oh, how the hell do you get so smooth? Nine out of 10 cats prefer them. And then I was like, and then I remembered that Jaguar cars have a cat emblem on the bonnet of the car. So that when she slams the bonnet, you see the cat and the cat, the car, you hear the car rev and, you know, you know that the, cats gonna work and so that was so smooth I know 10 cats prefer I remember remembering that at that moment it was like oh my god it's like getting a bit of jigsaw puzzle in and it fits perfectly it was like yes so um, it was uh, it was exciting on lots of counts sheer color by pretty Polly so smooth nine out of ten cats prefer them On the next episode of the History of Advertising podcast, we'll be looking at more of Rosie's stereotype-defying ads, including the work she produced when she took over the Lynx Effect campaign, and how she broke the taboo around the menopause with Maltesers. The History of Advertising podcast was presented by Jack Meggett Phillips and featured contributions from Guy Parker and Rosie Arnold. The programme was produced by Jane Jarvis and Jack Meggett Phillips. To explore their online catalogue and find out more about the History of Advertising Trust and the work they do, go to their website, hatads.org.uk. That's hatads.org.uk.